Elena, welcome to Hallmark Hall of Shame. Thank you. I feel so welcomed, so known, so present. That's my intention. Here in the present. Yes. Not the past, past, which is where I like to live. The future. (laughs) Which is where you like to live. Right. But let's meet each other here. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's like we're meeting each other halfway. (laughs) And becoming a team. Man. Listeners, would you believe that's what this movie's about? (laughs) Not only is it a lesson that Elaine and I have learned. But Lucy and Duncan as well. Lucy and Dunk. Mm-hmm. Let's call him Duncan. Um, we just watched Love Once and Always. Love a movie title with a comma in the middle. Yeah. Love, comma. Love, Once comma. and always. Once and always. Awkward. Um, but I, like, I liked this movie. I think the movies where I don't take that many notes, it's because I'm generally just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I thought these two had A-plus chemistry. I was not angry. Okay. During <laughs> this. <a> great yeah. <laughs> blurb. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's great. Because I even, at one point during the film, uh, because this guy we last saw in a movie called Christmas to Remember, I think. Mm-hmm. In which he had amnesia. And it didn't bother him at all. And it did not bother him at all. And <laughs> a bookstore owner, or maybe employee, oh yeah, employee, mm-hmm. she bought the bookstore at the end, mm-hmm. um, sort of like fabricated a life for him to live. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he was in that. And during watching this, I was like, did we like him in that? Because I really liked him in this. I think it helps that he's allowed to inhabit his soul and personality in this movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Instead of just having to play dumb at all times. (laughs) Um, And I thought he had a nice Rocketeer vibe. I don't. Disney's movie, The Rocketeer. He kind of like that floppy bowl cut. Yeah, he's a little bit of a Hugh Grant, Notting Hill hair. Yeah, or The Rocketeer. I mean, yeah, okay. I haven't seen that. Oh. Oh, no, Janet. And and right before we started recording, I found that you've never seen True Beverly Hills. And these are like, these are two fine films. And last week. That I want you to have. I found out that you've never seen Mulan. That's true. So there's just a lot of things (laughs) out there. Way to not let me off the hook. Well. (laughs) like, we've all made mistakes, Elena. (laughs) Listen, I've also never seen... I'll tell you all the ones that you'll get mad at so okay. that we can get it out, out in the open. Uh, Beetlejuice. Oh. Um, what's it called? Hocus Pocus. I saw that for the first time this last Halloween. Yeah, I tried. And it made me research a lot on the Salem Witch Trials because I felt like it wasn't historically accurate. I, I was right. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I know that it's not. Yeah, but I learned a lot from that Google. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> anyway. Um, I feel like there are more, and I will bring them up as they occur to me. Mine are much more violent. Mine are like the Saving Private Ryan. Oh. I've never seen that. Gladiator. Oh, Gladiator. Um, 300. I've never seen 300. I don't think that... <laughs> Um, I don't think that's a shocker. The 
when Mel Gibson joins the Blue Man Group and wears a skirt. Braveheart. Braveheart. <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> Perfect. I haven't seen it. Um, I was just, after Jordan Peele's historic Oscar win. Way to go, JoJo. <laughs> Way to go, Jope. Um, <laughs> I was rewatching some old Keen Peele mm-hmm. classics. And uh, mostly the, like all the valet ones. Mm-hmm. Which is great Joy. because turns out Jordan Peele, well, both of them, actually more Jordan Peele in those, is always talking about how people have never won an Oscar. Like, he's like, Liam Neeson's has never won an Oscar. It just comes up in so many of those that they're mad. Somebody <laughs> hasn't won an Oscar. I'm like, you're going to win an Oscar. How fun. You, Jordan. Um, so that's fun. Aww. But... Tear. There's what I know. <laughs> There's one where they're talking about Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. and he has a similarly funny description of Braveheart that I don't remember. So that's what I was leading up to. Well, then why not just say mine's better? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been the Blue Man Group, or maybe the Smurfs. Anyway. Oh man. Um. Well, I feel I feel good about that then. Good. Great. Company. Shall we describe the plot in 30 seconds? Yes. Time me. Is it your turn? I don't know. Is it yours? Oh, good. I, I thought that we were all I think it's mine. Good. I'm so glad. I think you're better at it. Well, I think this one's easy. Yeah, that's kind of why I was going to be fine with taking it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Hey, girl, we fine. <laughs> Do you want me to go into an isolation booth and you can do yours? No. And then... <laughs> we'll edit. Which one's worse? All right. On your mark, get set, describe. Lucy and Duncan uh, used to spend every summer on her great aunt's estate. He worked for the caretaker. And then they both inherit the estate, Havsies, and they haven't seen each other in 20 years. They can't decide whether to sell it or not, and they fall back in love. 18 and a half seconds. Yes. I want there to be one where you go over and then I stop you and you're not allowed to tell people how it ends. (laughs) We're like, we ran out of time, Janet. So you'll never know. (laughs) You'll never know know if those two fell back in love. (laughs) Um, yes. That's, that's what happened. Yeah. So, yeah. So Lucy lives in London. She works at a museum. She loves history. Oh, man, does she ever. She loves history. How do they tell the audience that? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> she loves a simile. Mm. So no matter what's happening in her life, she describes it and compares it to a historical event. Yes. So, like, <clears throat> when she finishes a project at work, she's like, I feel like... General, oh, I can't remember the right name, so it's not going to work. General so-and-so at the Battle of Waterloo. But then later, she's like, I haven't been this, I feel as happy as Hannibal crossing the Alps or something like that. Yeah. A lot of Napoleon. A lot of Napoleon. They bring up a lot. She brings up um, the Great Fire of London. Yeah, because the boss will be roasted. She'll be roasted like the Great Fire of London, which doesn't really work. None of them really work. That one especially. That one especially. Some of them are kind of like, okay. Um, There was one that I thought was sort of clever, 
mm-hmm. where she was talking about Duncan and how, if of course, when she first got back, they were squabbling a lot. And I then she actually says that she word does say in the gazebo, a lot, and I was like, "This is squabble." My mom. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I was like, "Whoa, Janet says squabble." Oh yeah. <laughs> We're going to bring back squabbles. It's kind of a fun word. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a good uh, like name for a drunk fight. Oh, I was like, going to say it sounds squabbled. like an animal noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like what a duck would do. Both feel fair. The ducks are squabbling. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, squabble away. <laughs> Um, somebody asks her if she and Duncan are still squabbling. And she's this like... This word sounds so weird to me now. now. yeah. Uh, she says, he's head. been a little bit more Gandhi than Genghis lately. <laughs> Which is so weird. It's so extreme. It's very extreme. <laughs> no one fits in yeah. to either of those. He's been, a, he's been a little bit more of a non-violent <laughs> political leader than a horrible warmonger. <laughs> Um, lately. It does remind me, though, of that delightful song, Genghis Khan by Mike Snow. Do you know it? Mm-mm. It's so fun, and the music video is delightful. Huh. But it's like, I get a little bit Genghis Khan. Don't want you to get it on with nobody else but me. Oh. But it's done like this hilarious 007. It, it's a fun music video. <laughs> but it's like a dance hit. Okay. So that's, it's so extreme, but humorous. I get a little bit like Genghis Khan. Yeah, like, apparently in this song it means jealous. Taking over your countries. (laughs) Killing all the men. (laughs) Yeah. Am I thinking of, I'm thinking of Attila the Hun. Or wait, am I thinking of Genghis Khan? You know, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know those, that history well. I mean, I haven't even seen Braveheart. Like, I'm I'm not into violent stories. Um, it's something like, like a a quarter or a third of all people in Asia are descended from Genghis Khan. There's a whole Radiolab episode Mm. about it. Oh, I love Radiolab. Yeah. So. Great. So there's that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So Lucy's into history. Duncan's an architect. He's very practical. Man. Isn't he though? He likes to say it. As often as possible. And she loves to hold it against him. There you go. Being she says, practical. you are practical. Like, it's the worst thing you could possibly be in the world. Especially because, so, Grace, her Lucy's great aunt, who has passed away and left them this estate, um, Lucy used to spend the summers there, and Duncan was the son of the caretakers. Mm-hmm. And then when his parents died, it's um, hinted at that they die when he's young. Grace takes him in. Mm -hmm. And then he becomes an architect. Like, this is the life story of someone who goes on to be very practical. Like, he lost Mm -hmm. everything at a young age. And was fortunate enough to be the beneficiary of this woman's generosity. But you can see why he would... Yeah. Plan. Yeah. Be be a little safe. Yeah. 
And also, he he had more knowledge about what it took to keep the grounds running. Yes. And it's like, you can't, you have to take in that information. You can't just be mad that it he has it. Yeah. This was, I thought, a very interesting moment when they were first fighting about what to do. Because he wants to sell it to a developer who's going to turn into a golf course. And she's like, no, we need to preserve it. But she doesn't yet have a plan for, like, what they'll do. Yeah. Um, and... He's like, well, I was thinking, like, we would bulldoze the coach house and the gardens to make, like, the putting green. And she was like, the guard, you can't bulldoze the gardens. Like, they're so wonderful. And he says, do you have any idea how much work it takes to maintain a place like this? And she's mm-hmm. kind of like, well, no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I might be on his side. Yeah, I don't, right. I think that you definitely need that practicality. And the house is falling apart. Yeah. Like, well, they it's obviously not. It's Hallmark falling apart. Visually, it's, it's not falling apart. But he is one morning chopping wood so that they can have hot water. Right. And, yeah. Which, I hope that Grace was in a home. In an old folks' home, because if she froze to death a month ago, if she's not, who knows? But Eleanor has been working there. Yeah, there's a like a house House manager, a housekeeper of sorts. I'm not sure if Duncan was even living there. Yeah, because he kept he was like I kept having to come back to help Grace, but I wasn't. I don't think he was living there. Yeah, so this this elderly woman had no heat. Jeez, that's. Not okay. Yeah, where were you, Lucy? And this is spring, so she had it in winter a month ago. This is dark. Sorry. I don't want to see the prequel to this film. No. In which it is. <laughs> in which Grace oh. freezes <laughs> in her Gilded Age mansion. Oh, Grace. I Honestly, the Grace story, this will be my Hallmark Hall of Shame, okay. is how little they care about her yeah (laughs) um because she died a month ago Mm -hmm. but lucy didn't fly out for that service she did not she hadn't been home in 10 years yeah i don't even think duncan went to it i don't i don't know if anybody right did anyone acknowledge the passing of this woman they claim to be like a, a staple of the community yeah who hosted a ball for everyone to come to um, for years, like, it sounded like she, she celebrated a lot of people, and then no one was there for her a bit, uh, and the way that Lucy talks about it is just like, I was there every summer, it was wonderful, but she never has, like, a moment where she's there where all those memories flood back, and she is, like, overwhelmed by grief, mm-hmm. it's all just like, it's a beautiful house. Yeah, and she's like, I was so happy here. I want other people to always be happy here. It's like... Yeah. You are not There is a picture of Grace on the wall that she looks at every once in a while for comfort. Yeah, but it's not... It's never like a sad thing. It's just Mm -hmm. like a, let's go get the house, Grace. Yeah. Like, she's... Yeah. I don't... I wanted better for Grace. Justice for Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can go back to the chopping wood for a minute. Yeah, so sorry. Um, Duncan 
is the Steffi Graf of chopping wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does it very loudly. Just big old grunts. <laughs> uh, which wakes Lucy up. Yeah. And then I feel like he emphasizes it just to make a point. Because then she's like, do you have to do that? Mm-hmm. I was sleeping. And he's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Yeah. I'm around a lot of people who chop wood. And uh, yeah, Chicago's known for its wood chopping. Excuse me. <laughs> My family owns a cabin in Colorado. Mm. And we chop wood. I don't, obviously. Why obviously? Because I can't. I, I am okay. not strong enough. Just so you know, I wouldn't have said that was obvious. I well, I have, oh, I, it is. Okay. I have no upper arm strength. Or arm strength. Upper body strength. You know what I mean? <laughs> like right where the shoulder meets the arm. <laughs> just that, no strength just there. <laughs> just biceps. Forearms. Dang. Oh, yeah. I have huge forearms. That's why, because I'm a knitter. That's why people call so, me Popeye. <laughs> so my forearms are like really ripped. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> People in Colorado. You can be chop quiet. Chop a lot of wood. You can be quiet chopping wood. Okay. That's what Good I think. Um, but the other thing that I enjoyed slash was crazy about this is the townsfolk are in it to get Lucy and Duncan back together the whole time. From the jump. And they are very weirdly devious about it. Yes. They're, they just talk about it nonstop. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're always calling each other. Yeah. When Lucy and Duncan go to the cafe for breakfast, their old friend, Dylan, I think. Roman? Something. Uh, is their waiter mm-hmm. and talks to them for a while. And then he basically goes back to the bar and he and the proprietor just talk about them for a solid three minutes. <laughs> it's like, how are we going to get those two back together? He yeah. lives in there. She lives in the past. and He lives in the future. But... If they could just compromise, and then I just the whole town is just obsessed with that. Yeah, and that's where we got our our opening dialogue about living in the past and living in the future. Yeah. Um, I also love at the end when she is like headed to the airport to fly back to London. <laughs> um, we have Eleanor just like staring at her as she walks away, and keeping that stare going as she picks up the phone and dials and just says. Marcus, we have a problem. And it sounds like she's like enlisted a hitman oh, at that yeah. point of like <laughs> take a <laughs> pull out all the stops. Yeah, activate the asset. <laughs> right. Uh, it reminded me of the end of Hot Fuzz, where it turns out that all the villagers have like a murder society. Have I, you seen Hot Fuzz? Yeah, I think I fell asleep on an airplane. Oh man, I love Hot Fuzz. But yeah, they're, all of the villagers kill people. Great. And they have, like, little village meetings where they're like, let's kill people. Um, anyway, it reminded me of that. Nice. And then they do, so they <clears throat> they activate, and then the guy, this other guy who's supposed to be driving, their investor the airport, then, like, the pretends... The restaurant. Mm-hmm. Pretends, like, his car is broken down. They all just, like... Mm-hmm. Set things into motion. Yep. Because that town wants those two together. They don't want to show up for Grace's funeral. 
but they definitely want to show up for brunch to plot for this love. <laughs> you know what else they love? Who? History. Man. And you know what? They're not exclusive on it. <laughs> they just love the general idea of history. Just history. There is a town festival going on. Why? Because this is a Hallmark movie. Yes. It is called History Days. History Days. <laughs> with a penny farthing bike as its logo. Because <sighs> it's historical. Just History Days. <laughs> what? Yep. That's accurate. Just History Days. I felt like everything in this movie, they meant to go back and like do a second draft. And be like, what should this place be called? Yeah. What should her job be? What should all these history jokes be? They're like, history days. We'll change it later. Yeah. They didn't. They then, did not. Yeah. Then, like, the set design, we're like, oh, but we already printed up all the banners that say history days because we thought this was the final draft of the script. And they're like, no, we changed it to, like, the Newton Heritage Festival. And they're like, these banners cost, like, a lot of money. And they're like, we're shooting... Mm-hmm. It's history day. Like, it's fine. We like the bike. It's a good, good bike. <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, and they just have like booths of sepia toned photos and and some off the chain snacks. Oh, because yeah. they have a woman walking around in like a maid costume from whatever part of history she's from, with just a tray. Of, like, 1950s-style milkshakes. Yeah. In, like, the... I don't know what... I guess it's, like, it's like a shake glass. It's, like, the funnel yeah, shake like glass. The, the diner shake glass. Yeah. With, like, whipped cream and a cherry on top. And gorgeous period straws. Yeah. Like, those the paper straws that hipsters love. Mm-hmm. And you did not have to pay for them. No, she just carries around a <laughs> tray of chocolate malts. <laughs> For you to drink while you look at the antiques. Yeah. What's happening? And then while... So also, was, I would go to that. I mean... For the milkshakes. Sure. She's drinking that. <clears throat> Duncan is drinking a beer. Yeah. Or like... Yeah. I don't know. He, well, at one point he says, like, golden. I'm going to go to the beer garden. Yeah, yeah. And when he comes back, he's he has that glass. Yeah. This was also at this festival, there was an auction, and <laughs> when the scene opens, you just see... <laughs> this might be my hall of fame. <laughs> you just hear the auctioneer go, sold for $1,000, one antique oil painting. That's all the info. <laughs> Again, first draft. How did... Yeah! How did that sell for $1,000? One antique oil painting. Give me. Because even when they're... So I actually really liked this scene earlier. It's the first day that Lucy and Duncan are both in the mansion. And he's like, we gotta sell a bunch of stuff so that we can fix the roof. And he walks around the house just grabbing things off the table and Mm -hmm. off the wall. And this is when I knew he was doing a good job because I liked him in that scene. And he's really being... Very forceful. And, like, just walking through... He, like, while he's talking to her in the kitchen, he just grabs a candlestick off the mantle and leaves. Like, I'm going to go sell this now. 
It's like they do own everything 50-50. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's walking through, grabbing vases and paintings, mm-hmm. and it's like, we're selling this, we're selling that. Um, and at one point, he takes something off the wall, and she goes, that's an oil painting from the 1800s. I'm like, okay, but that doesn't make it valuable. Yeah. Like, I could have painted it, you know? It- <laughs> like, it's... It's, is it a by a famous artist? Sure. Is it of a local vista? It's just old. It's just old. Anyway. She loves anything history days. Yeah. But then it's funny because there was that line. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's an oil painting from the 1800s. And he's like, oh, well. And then he picks up a vase and she goes, that's emblematic of the 1800s fascination with botany and floral history. I'm like... Great! That's so... That, like, it was very funny. Uh-huh. And it showed her sort of, like, characteristic obsession with history. I'm like, that's a good level of detail. I yeah. like it. It also... It and also is such generic history that it's like, oh, yeah, she did definitely summer here every year. Yeah. Because she grew up with the most generic history festival. Yeah. And just has a generic love of history. <laughs> All history. <laughs> right. From Cleopatra <clears throat> to the 1800s. Bot- <laughs> botanists. Um, and it also, it like, it gives him a better thing to react to. Because mm-hmm. then he's going to like, uh, okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Which is sort of a normal reaction. Yeah. I, I, and I get that. The, the, the classic story of this is that they're at odds from the beginning. Uh-huh. I just wish that they liked each other at the beginning. Because they had history, I would have liked to see that more from the beginning. Yeah. Because we have a similar Hallmark movie where a house is left to two people, but they've never met. All of my heart. And it's a great one. So, so great. They made a sequel. <laughs> yep. Um, and that to me makes more sense why they're at odds because it's like, who are you? Mm-hmm. But these two have such a her- a shared history, generic history, um, <laughs> with Grace with the house. Again, they never mention Grace really yeah. in like a lovely way. Um, they have. I I would have liked to see this. Like, oh, it's so good to see him. They did have. They, there's some bad feelings about the breakup. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, if that was the reason, so then they should have maybe brought it up again. Like, yeah. if that's why they're not getting along, then... You gotta work through that. Yeah, then have a scene where it, like, comes out. Because she did say at one point, essentially, they spent every summer there together. And then she went to grad school in Oxford. And he was like, well, okay, bye. Because it was the practical yeah. thing to do, was to let her go. And so he, like, didn't try to get her to stay, and then they he, they lost touch. Like, um, they never wrote. I, and which one of them says, like, well, you, you never wrote me any letters? I think I it was him. But I was like, oh, is this going to be a I wrote you 365 letters thing? That's what you were saying. Yeah. When you said it, I was like, I missed that. She wrote him 365 letters? Oh, no, no, no. Letters? And then she, they say it like as a, like a <coughs> offhand. Yeah. He's like, well, 
Even though you never wrote me. Yeah, also, email exists. Yeah, this people. was not that long ago. Um, <laughs> you don't live in the Gilded Age. <laughs> yeah. So I thought there was going to be maybe like a, a moment where it was going to be like, why didn't you ever write me in Oxford? I missed you too much. And it was like, yeah. this is why we've been mad. Yeah, but there was stuff that I, I would have liked earlier or dealt with. Yeah. Either don't have it or deal with it. Yeah. Also, they're living in this house that they used to spend all their summers in together. Like, why don't they have memories? Yeah. Why don't they have a favorite spot? I would have loved a flashback. Why don't they both, like, go for a walk one day and then end up in the same glade and be like, oh. Remember this? I... Our makeout rock? <laughs> Remember our makeout glade? And they're like, I just... I Plug it in. I ended up... <laughs> Glade. I know. But <laughs> it's a makeout glade. Yeah, I'm blushing so <laughs> You really are. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway. I feel like that's the obvious. I mean, none of that. But yeah. like, here, here we are in our gazebo. Memories are the thing that this movie missed. Yes. Like, in total. Yeah. Yeah. They even... They are in a gazebo at one point. Yeah. And you just feel happy, like, hey, remember? Because this happens in so many other hallmarks. Like, in um, uh, the farm one, like, with the goo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harvest wedding. Harvest wedding. They keep going to that big tree. And they're yeah. like, remember, this is the first place I kissed you. And they're like, they bring it up a million times. And the memories were such a great part of that one. Yeah. Yeah. This could have yeah, borrowed strange. a page from that. But that was, when they were in the gazebo, on because the, they got back from dinner or whatever, mm. is when she says, and they, they're starting to get along for the first time. It's covered in twinkle lights. Mm-hmm. It's when she says, hear that? We're not squabbling. Yep. That's where we heard the sound of us not squabbling. (laughs) (laughs) I just kept thinking of the gazebo scene in Anne of Avonlea. Oh, don't. No, don't. Which is such an amazing scene. I can't go there. But that's why it was hard to, like, have... Like, that gazebo scene isn't terrible. But when you've seen what a gazebo scene can be... Oh, man. When we've seen the ultimate gazebo scene, I used... So beautiful. When I I was in high school, um, I had a picture of Anna Gilbert as my desktop on my computer. That adds up. And I... Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I had to change it because I wasn't getting any work done. Because you would just stare at me. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and when I say work, I mean Minesweeper. Okay. But yeah, I did I did have to change it because I would oh man. You just get lost in that. You just get lost in those petticoats. That's amazing and weird. <laughs> the phrase, not that you would 
stare at the photo. I'm well, 16. <laughs> I recently watched it this summer. Oh, I've never cried so hard at it because I had this like realization of like this ends with just like women supporting women. <laughs> like like Green Gables becomes like a house of healing Feminist for so many women. Yeah. I just wept the most. So this is not that. Oh, right. Back but. to this. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. That's our other podcast. Um, <laughs> called <laughs> Whispering Willow. Whispering Willow. What? The Lake of Shining Waters. The Wa- Lake The of- podcast of Shining Waters. Yeah. Great. For sure. Great. I, have you ever been to Prince Edward Island? I have. Oh, so pretty. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I liked this movie. Then there's a ball. Her dress is disappointing. And I was so hopeful because she walks in, you see her back, and I think her hair was done really lovely. Mm-hmm. And it highlights like an antique, generic antique comb. That he had bought for her at History Days. Um, and you see the top where her shoulders are just kind of bedazzled. Uh-huh. And then as she keeps going, you're like, that? It's bubblegum pink. Yeah. And I feel like if they just changed the color, like yeah. I said numerous times, yeah. they could have had a, like a sh- lovely, classy dress on their Champagne hands. color. That's what I wanted. I wanted a champagne dress. And they gave me that bubblegum. Mm-hmm. Hallmark frequently whiffs it on the formal wear. Mm-hmm. It's the only downside yeah. of Spirit of Christmas, the ghost movie. <clears throat> yeah, I recall. Because so she... that's lifetime, right? Yeah. Cool, cool. But bad dress. No problem. But, yeah, I feel like frequently, like, the climactic scene ball gown. Mm-hmm. It's just not that great. I, um... This one as well, and the very final scene. He's wearing kind of a Gilberty sweater on top of like a tie. Yeah, he's wearing a cardigan to like, like an Irish to show that he's cardigan. settled down. I think. Yeah, he needed a pipe. <laughs> um, and she's wearing an engagement or wedding ring, but she's wearing like a bright red dress with a black cardigan, mm-hmm. and it just seems so. Her outfit does not read to me as, like, settled. Yeah, yeah. It's like, on the prowl, and I've got a business meeting. Yeah, I'm running for a local office. Yeah. Um, she looked great, but it was strange. Yeah. I almost wonder if they were, like, they found that for her and then couldn't figure out when in the movie she could wear it. But mm. she looked so good in it, they're like, well, we'll just wear it in the end. I could totally have seen that outfit in the museum in London. Yeah, I think it would have been more appropriate. Yeah. Hallmark. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. She did have a nice cream swing coat. Mm-hmm. And she tied it mm-hmm. the way. I'm trying to learn how to tie belts that way. Oh, okay. People always do it in the movies. So it's like one loop? Yeah. And Princess Margaret always ties her dressing robes, that dressing gowns that way in the crown. Hmm. I've tried to figure out how they're doing that. Really? This is something to figure out. I just don't know. I don't Isn't it just half of a bow? Like a quick I don't know. Okay. I obviously don't know. Maybe Ooh. we can try it after. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll show you my my <laughs> quick 
<laughs> I clicked half-ass phone. <laughs> um, that's not all I had. Yeah, yeah. I feel good about that. Oh, I will say that Hannah, mm. as a character, I didn't need to hate her. And they pushed that a little hard. I think yeah. kind of like the Baroness in Sound of Music, where you're like, she kind of just, what? What is this face? I, well, I rewatched Sound of Music recently, and I was like, oh, I like the Baroness. Right! We brought this up when Mary-Kate was our guest. Like, there's nothing wrong with her, but for some reason, as a child watching Sound of Music, yeah. you hate her. But are, they, I, are, like, are you supposed to, though? Like, do you think the movie wants you to? <clears throat> Because um, I think what I realized when I recently watched it, I was like, oh no, she's just a character. Right. She's not a villain. Yes, and I wish that Hannah had been more like the Baroness. Yeah. Where she was just a character living her life, but because you want these two together, you kind of villainize her. Mm-hmm. But the, <clears throat> the script actually attempts to make her a villain for no reason, I think. Yeah. And I didn't need that. Yeah, I agree. And um, so she's sort of interested in Duncan, but they're not, like, dating. They're not yeah, in a she's relationship. Thirsty. She She's after him. But he's not really <laughs> reciprocating. So there's... It seems like they probably casually date. Yeah, they. I mean, they went to the Newport Regatta. And then there's she a photo. That photo. <laughs> there's a photo that she framed right. and hung on the wall in her office, not on her desk, mm-hmm. on the wall. Yeah. Um. But yeah, because she's she's never a serious threat. Like he's not committed to her in any way. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't need to be as contentious as it is. Yeah. It just feels very odd. Yeah. And this girl, uh, I've seen her be the girlfriend that gets dumped in another Hallmark movie. So I just feel a little bad for that actress. She's like, I guess I've got one of those faces you just want to dump. Just looks like you want to squabble. You just want to not marry me. (laughs) She was in, yeah, she was somebody's like, law partner that they were dating. Okay. And then... Oh, she's a lawyer in this one, too. Yeah. So she's got a, a lawyer face that you don't want to marry. She's got a lawyer face. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That's Hall of Fame and Hall of Shame it. Great. Okay. Um, well, I I said the Grace thing, which would be my Hall of Shame. Hall of Shame. But um, I'll add another, which is when they all are at dinner and they're like, you can go to London, but stay here in Newport for the dessert. And I just bring out a chocolate cake. Like it's a, <laughs> yeah. ooh, it's a chocolate cake. It's not going to make someone move back from their dream job in London. Um, but they've also put a sparkler on top of that cake. I would just like to say, don't put a sparkler on top of your cake. It ruins the cake because sulfur falls into the frosting. And then all the work you spent making this cake is ruined because it tastes like rotten eggs. Okay. Are you aware that this was your Hall of Shame two episodes ago? And I just want to say it again. <laughs> okay. Sparklers don't belong on cakes. I'm just making sure you remember. Yeah, I remember bringing it up. Okay. Maybe it wasn't I don't remember shame. if it was my Hall of Shame. It did, it did come, when, did, when did it come up? 
I forget what movie it was. Um, Oh, it was Dater's Handbook. Which is interesting, because one of the actresses in this one is also in Dater's Handbook. Uh And the lead actress is in the show Suits with Meghan Markle, who's in Dater's Handbook. It's my world. After all... Okay, my Hall of Shame. <laughs> it's a cake, isn't it? No. Uh, so, Duncan stops Lucy from flying back to England. And then they're like, yeah. all right, we gotta go stop Niven, their potential investor, um, to get him to, like, see their new plan. Right. So they're, like, racing to his hotel. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. On their way there... There. <laughs> Are you aware that this is your Hall of Shame yes. from Data's Handbook? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're on their way there and they're like, oh no, the festival. Because like the street is blocked off for the festival. Yeah. And so Duncan goes, we have to go on foot. And so they like get out of their SUV and then have to run through the festival. Listen, guys, there's yeah. tops. On a on a full city block, seventy people. Oh, it would have been very easy to run through that crowd. Yeah. But they do the all like, huh, 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 oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, and then yeah, one way he goes, "This is impossible." It's like it's not. Just keep going. And also, the town's obsessed with you. Just drive through that crowd. Yeah. Literally, just honk. Everybody would have been like, "It's Duncan and Lucy. We might kiss." Like if <laughs> they will scatter. If Duncan had put his head out the window and been like, everybody, we got to get to the hotel. Yeah. Every, they would have dove out of the way. They would have shoved yeah. children into the sewer. If Duncan oh and Lucy had gosh. asked them to. Listen, I stand by it. Like, it was, it's just, it's just so funny. It's like, if you're gonna. Yeah. You know, I would do a light tap. Honk <laughs> that horn and get yeah. on through. Yeah, and yeah. it, it kind of would have been a funny scene if they'd been right. like, everybody! Yeah. my I've said this before, that my sister lives on a Christmas street mm-hmm. where there are thousands of visitors, and it is just three blocks long. Mm-hmm. And there are times when they have to close down the street. And it's wall-to-wall people, and you could still get through much easier. But also, you could definitely honk and drive. Yeah. Oh, it was just really funny. I wish you could all see it. I love that our Hall of Shames are identical from two episodes ago. <laughs> well, now I just have a real eye for their crowd scenes. Well, I wonder if it's the same writer. It's like, I love a sparkler He's cake. He's like, here's how we build suspense. They can't get through the thin crowd. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so funny. All right. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. I don't know. If, I don't know. It's rough. I have one. Okay. And I will, but yeah, I'd say this with qualification because it was pretty funny, but Lucy delivered it so not funny okay. that it just kind of went by. But um, Duncan is an architect. And at one point when they're squabbling, she calls him Frank Lloyd Wrong. <laughs> That is very funny. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. 
I just want to call people that when they're wrong. Right. Just anybody? <laughs> yeah. They don't have to be architects. Yeah. And you don't have to be squabbling. Nope. It's just funny. Just call everybody Franklin Ron. Hey, Franklin Ron, could you uh, pass the salt? Um, I, I guess I did like when they were trying to pitch the idea of the historic golf course. They created like a little window for them, for people to look through to see what the mm-hmm. architecture would look like and like put a red curtain on it. And I thought that the, whoever built that piece of the set did a really nice job. Yeah, that's true. Thanks. It reminded me, man, I remember there was this movie in the 90s starring Michael J. Fox who wanted to build a hotel called The Doug. The movie was called For Love or Money. And he had one of those. Cool. Where, like, he stood on the opposite bank of the river and had, like, a little glass window that was painted to show what the hotel would look like. I love that. Yeah. I think that's such a fun filming thing. Yep. Good. Great. Anyway, lots of movie recommendations tonight. Yeah. We have a lot to watch. Yeah. Too bad we watched this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't terrible. No, I liked it. I mean, like, Two Beverly Hills is amazing. <laughs> so is Mulan. Yeah. I just want to be able to say, pour the tea. And you get it. I want you to know that when you say that, I will know it's from Mulan. Be, okay. So you can feel free to say it now, you, and I'll watch it later. And you won't even know how bad of an impression I'm doing of the lady. Well, isn't that a blessing to, to us yeah. both? Yeah. Great. <laughs> what a happy note. <laughs> All right. We watched it. We yeah. watched Love Once and Always, and we are Once and Always, Janet and Elena. Yep. <laughs> Love us. Love us. Guys, be good out there, and don't put sparklers on your cakes. Don't do it. How many times do we have to tell you? Forever and always. Don't do that. Bye. Bye.